0: Welcome to Lead for Clarity, where we help you, your team, and your organization get to their next level with clarity and focus. My name is Shondell Sutherland, and I am here with my lovely co-host, Melanie Montgomery. Melanie, what is one thing you are grateful for this year so far? Uh
1: I am grateful for the wonderful people in my life.
0: Mm, That's so great. Me too. I am mm-hmm. so grateful. And I'm grateful for all the sunshine that we've been having. I mm-hmm. am in heaven. It makes me so happy. Me too. Today, we are going to be talking about something that either is the best thing in an organization or the worst thing. And that is meetings. Boy, do we get a lot of complaints about meetings. And I find people just trying to then just cut them off completely. And really, if you run effective meetings, they should be a lot of fun.
1: Definitely. I have so many clients always saying, I don't have enough time. And then we look at their calendar and it's meeting and meeting and meeting and meeting. And so (laughs) how do we structure those meetings to have effective time to talk to our colleagues, to make sure everything's taken care of without being overwhelmed by them?
0: Yeah, totally. And if we're going to take a new team on, this is kind of how we love to do it. We love to work with the clarity report so everyone has clarity on how to communicate with each other and where their trigger points are going to be and why they're going to be triggered and why meetings aren't going to go well in the first place. The second thing we love to do is really take them through um, Patrick Lincioni's five dysfunctions of a team and really just talk about the need to build a trust, to have really healthy conflict, to get commitment, to build that accountability and hold each other accountable to behaviors as well as performance so that we can. Get really great results. I think as soon as we're done with that, we hit meetings Mm -hmm. because the only way you're going to be able to do any of that is if you're practicing them over and over again. And what we like to do is we take a compilation of some of the best practices. And what we love to do, if we're going to do it right, is we start with an annual strategic offsite where we will spend two days really talking about the next year. And if they don't have a three-year plan, we got to do that first, right? Mm -hmm. So then we work on what are we going to accomplish in the next year? And so actually, those are starting to book out right now. We would encourage any team that doesn't have that on your books, get that on your schedule now because you really want that in place in Q4. You want to have that defined and ready to go. And so that's the first thing. So once we have some real clarity on the annual meeting we wanted, then we're going to meet each quarter with an executive team. And that quarterly meeting, y'all needs to really be taken seriously. You get off site for a day. If you can go overnight together, that's great. That's not always luxury, but a day and a half is perfect because you have time for the introverts and those processors to process. Right, Melanie? Mm-hmm. The next day, you come <laughs> up with all sorts of stuff. You and Scott, you come out the next day after sleeping on stuff, right?
1: That's very true. Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that gives everyone an opportunity to make any changes in that annual schedule that doesn't make sense. And then We love to then encourage that same team to meet each month for a strategic or, and I love the language that the table group put on this called ad hoc. And that means once a month, we're going to go over any direction that we're going to be switching for the strategy.
1: Yeah, and just to reiterate what you said, Chandel is make sure to be off site if possible. In a previous workplace, we had them on site and people knew where we were. It was constant interruption and it really wasn't as productive as it could be. When you are able to go somewhere else, let everyone know that hey, we're away right now, only contact us in emergency situations. It really gives that team the time and the focus to be there together, and they get so much more accomplished in that yeah. space.
0: Yeah, right on. I couldn't agree more. Once you do that well and you're off site to do that well, we want to have these monthly strategic meetings. And in those monthly strategic meetings, we anything that has changed from the quarterly, it's not going to be a lot of changes, but if there is a change then we can address it in a in a strategy meeting versus what we call the weekly tactical meeting the weekly tactical should be the magic where all the magic happens because we're only implementing and we're only dealing with tactical issues. And those should not be, you know, 45 minutes to 90 minutes max. And they're very organized. You don't come with an agenda, but you come with your scoreboard. And we can, we can go into more detail if people want to ask us questions on how uh, to do those well. We'd love to answer that. But what I think mostly is that people understand the difference between a tactical and strategic meeting. I'd like to give an example of what I mean by strategic versus tactical. Go with me on this, Melanie, and everyone else out there. I want you to really do this, like really think about this. What is it that you want to be accomplishing in 10 years? What is it in five years that you really want for your family? This time in one year, what do you want to accomplish? What do you want for lunch? When I throw the lunch question in there, Wasn't that jarring?
1: Yes, that definitely is.
0: Yeah, because what's happening is you're using your right brain to be thinking about all these wonderful long-term strategic things, and then I just slammed in a tactical, and it's jarring because it kicks over to your left brain, and you need an answer right here and right now, Mm -hmm. and those are two different parts of our brain, and so that's what I find is the number one problem with meetings people are not disciplined to stay with a tactical weekly meeting. They throw in these strategy bombs that then, one, you never leave with an answer. So how frustrating is that? So to spend a half hour on something that you don't get any resolution to. And the second thing is, is that it takes a long time. You want to get out in 45 minutes to an hour, and there you are discussing it. What we instruct people to do is that when you're in a tactical meeting and a strategic subject comes out, that's where you call a big timeout. And you plan an ad hoc or you put it on the parking lot for your monthly meeting, your strategy meeting. I don't know. Does that make sense, Melanie?
1: Yeah, definitely. I know that I've been in situations where I'm thinking about one thing and then all of a sudden I have to completely change my train of thought. And as a more reflective person, it's hard for me to go back and forth. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And then I just
1: get frustrated and I don't have the answers. (laughs)
0: Yes. Yeah. And so what we want is when we set from a tactical meeting, if we can set up a strategic meeting, even if it's like, okay, everyone... Stand up, go to the restroom, come back. We're having a strategy meeting. Clear your calendars for the next two hours. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, we don't need to get into the hows of all these, but I think it's super important. And that is where I see most teams struggling is between the tactical and the strategy. Do you see that as well, Melanie?
1: Yeah, definitely. And what I hear you saying is that when we separate these meetings, they're both going to be more productive and we're going to be able to do it a lot faster. So they're more efficient. So even though we might be thinking, oh, my goodness, that's a lot of meetings to have every month or every (laughs) week. What we have to understand is that we're actually alleviating a lot of stress and time off of our plates because of how much we're going to get done in these time frames.
0: Yes. Thank you. And now I'm going to freak everybody out because I'm going to tell them what the magical piece is to all this is a daily huddle. Mm -hmm. And boy, if you do these right, it goes well for you. And if it goes wrong, you should just stop. I'll get in there and go, no, it's taking too long. You're talking about too many things. The daily huddle, uh, or you can call it the stand-up meeting, the Ritz-Carlton does this. So many organizations do this to begin Mm -hmm. a shift a day or even end a day to prepare for the next day. And that is where you take seven minutes, maybe give or take a few, and each person goes along and says, number one, what are your wins? Number two, what are you working on? And number three, any stuck points? And it's that fast and that quick. And if you think about it, it's like the ticker box that while you're watching the news and it goes by (laughs) and it gives you just this one highlight of what's happening in the world. That's what the daily huddle is. And why the daily huddle is essential is it saves a thousand emails and you can work things out in like one minute that shouldn't take all day. Those kind of meetings right there They set up a really good tactical meeting. A good tactical meeting makes those strategic meetings like easy because we're not having to cover a bunch of ground. So if we keep these meetings in their right category and we're faithful to them, man, it's fun because you don't want to miss a daily huddle. You might miss something.
1: Yeah. And you know, one of the things that I hear from organizations, but also just if you look at any survey that employees are taking really ever in the history of organizations, it's that... (laughs) the team doesn't communicate enough. They don't communicate well enough. And so this really gives us that stopgap measure where I might forget to send you an email of something that's changed today. But if I am in that daily huddle, I'm talking about what I'm working on and it gives me the opportunity to bring this up. And so that everyone knows, hey, there's a change in what we're doing. Make sure your
0: team knows about it. Oh, so good. And then I think now we are moving away from the team and we're now let's talk about different kind of meetings. Because if we do that as a team, that's all the meetings we should be having. We should not be having very many emails. We don't just save it for the huddle, save it for the tactical, put it on Mm -hmm. the parking lot. We're like eliminating a lot of noise. And so then we come to having good one-to-one meetings. Now we come to having a great, like grab the three people that need to be in the room Get them together and have a quick 20-minute meeting and get it done. Like, okay, you, you, and you, you're essential for this decision. I'm setting the timer for 15 minutes. Let's see how much we can get done. Go, you know, and if you're doing those other ones correctly, that's great because you don't need to have this big bonding time because you already have that, but Mm -hmm. you can get things done quickly.
1: One of the keys to that is the timer. Yeah. Because if you're like me, you could sit there and talk about something forever, especially if you're passionate about it. So set that timer and really stick to it and say, okay, we've put our time. Let's make a decision and
0: move on. I love it. Okay, so let's take the one-on-one. So Melanie, you're like the master. Why don't you give our listeners for who are busy and running fast teams, how they can have really effective one-to-one meetings?
1: Yeah, well, first, I want to talk a little bit about why it's important to have one on one meetings, mm-hmm. because I hear a lot from leaders, I don't have time to meet with everyone that reports to me, but they're so important for a few reasons is number one, we have a space to talk through things. So if I have questions, if they have questions, we have that space already there. A lot of times things can fall between the cracks because we just aren't communicating, we aren't sitting down and having those conversations, The second thing is that it's a really, really great opportunity to build a relationship. I think that one of the biggest components of these one-on-ones is not just what you're talking about, but just having a space to get to know each other. So you're really talking about who you are, what you're struggling with, what's going on in your life, and really getting to know those individuals. And then you have an idea of if they're stressed, if they're struggling with something where you can help. And creating that space where they can just be open. I know I've had a lot of relationships with my boss where if we had a meeting, I was intimidated because the only time we talk is when they tell me that they want me to do something differently. Mm -hmm. And so that space wasn't really comfortable. And so when I can create a space where I can just have that conversation, they're inviting me to do so. I now am building that relationship so I don't feel uncomfortable going to my boss to ask for something or tell him something because we have that space already created. Mm, so so good. it's so, so, so important. And then it gives you an opportunity to coach, which is really important. It gives you that space and time to really help them by teaching and walking them through things. Mm-hmm. So I think a really good rule of thumb is to not have much of an agenda on your one-on-one and that you allow your direct report to set the agenda if they have things to talk about. You ask them, what do you have for me today? And really let them guide the meeting. And then at some point, if you have things that you need to talk through, you have to-do items or you want to check in on different things, then you talk through, but you really let them lead and let them ask their questions, talk about what they need to do, and really build in a check-in of how are you feeling, how are you doing, and ask those questions that are not just you know, when are you gonna have this done? But what's going on in your life? How are you feeling? Yeah. Build in those personal questions.
0: Absolutely. And you know what comes to me when you're when you're in that personal space, the thing you could do of coming with an agenda is all the things they've done right mm-hmm. and really making sure that you highlight those things and that you're aware of them and asking about, hey, how did your daughter's ballet go? You know, just being known mm-hmm. is a big part of being really happy at work, you know, and knowing that you matter, like how is their work helping you or helping someone else in the organization? Can you keep saying that over and over again, how important they are, how necessary? Mm -hmm. It is interesting because um, we have just a top rate person here that works at the bowling alley with us. And who knows what she does for the bowling alley. But what she does for me is uh, provides me free time. She provides me space. And like, I'm constantly, she even cooks for me because she's in the kitchen. Like, I am constantly able to let her know how her work is impacting me. Mm -hmm. And that's so great how wonderful that is. I try to tell you that too, Mm -hmm. Melanie. You take so much off my plate. Thank you. You know, and Mm -hmm. it's easy for me because I just think that way. But I think some people don't think that way and it would be helpful.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's a really good point because I know that a lot of people, they don't think about telling people how much they appreciate them. I, in my career, struggled with that because I thought that everyone just knew. (laughs) Um, I feel like you should be able to read my mind, right? Um, (laughs) But I had to really make sure that I was doing that because if I wasn't saying it, they weren't getting that positive reinforcement that they need. And I think another magical key to the one-on-one is asking this question at the end, but throughout as much as needed is, how can I support you in what you're doing? How can I support you? How can I help you? And make sure that you are there to support and guide them and that they know that they can ask you for help.
0: Mm, So good. So good, Melanie.
1: And I think that really gives a good opportunity for us to then check in on the projects that they're working on, what they're struggling with, and have any conversations about things that they need help with. Like maybe they're working on a project and they're stuck and they need to brainstorm or they have a difficult team member that they're supervising that they need advice on how to handle. You really create that space to have more informal conversations about things that are very important to what they're
0: doing. Mm, I love it. I love it. My last piece that I would give on a one-to-one, don't save criticism for it. Like if you need to correct something, do it in the moment. Don't like have this whole list of things that you're going to go over because then they'll dread it. If something comes up organically, great. But like if there's something that needs to be coached in the moment, coach it in the moment.
1: Absolutely. I think that these meetings shouldn't be spaces where you just tell them all the things that they've done wrong and get frustrated with them. It's that opportunity to create space. When you're able to coach something in the moment, it really helps them understand and change directions versus feeling like, oh, you're just going to hold on to all these things until we sit down together.
0: Yeah. And I'm always a big fan of that emotional account that we all have with each other. And you got to make a lot of deposits to be able to take a withdrawal. These are building, building, building. So if you, these meetings are done well and you have so many deposits, then in the moment when you need to take a withdrawal, cause you need to correct, it's not going to, it's not going to hurt that much.
1: Yeah. I read a statistic for every one negative comment that you make, you have to make six positive ones mm-hmm. in order to get back to zero. So yep. in order to get back to neutral. So if I tell you, hey, I need you to do this differently, that comment has to be offset by six positive comments just to make you feel like everything's okay.
0: Yep. Gosh, that's crazy, isn't it? And it's so true. And for y'all, if it's me, it's 10. Just want y'all <laughs> to know. <laughs> All right, Melanie. Well, let's land this plane because uh, I think we could go on and on about meetings. And I would welcome you listeners. Please give us your woes, your questions, your problems with meetings so that we can address them in future podcasts. We really love talking about this. And I'll tell you, as we do organizational health and we work with teams, the meetings are a big deal. They just Mm -hmm. really are. And I think people just need help. Melanie, you and I sit in on meetings for the first quarter, just trying to help and coach and make sure they're going to be healthy and functional. And so we really want to make sure that we set you up for success to do these things. While it might be simple, it's not easy.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think the key here and with everything is to really be intentional with everything that you do and don't just go through the motions of, oh, we have to have a weekly meeting to have a weekly meeting. Be intentional about what you're doing there and why you're doing it. Otherwise, it just turns into a waste of time.
0: Yeah, I love it. Well, we are going to take a break from recording because we're going to go enjoying that Pacific Northwest sunshine in this Northern California hiking season. And everyone are out on uh, vacations and the kids are going back to school. And then we're going to jump back into our new season um, when the calendar changes to September and we're super excited about it. We want your questions in the meantime. We just want to design this next season around your questions. I mean, you're the listeners, like we do this for you and we love you. And so if you have a subject or a topic any kind of thing that would really benefit you and your organization leadership your parenting your life college bound self just send it in and we would love to answer it going forward until then have the best rest of your summer and as always be the best you can be today
1: bye-bye